Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Be aggressive, but always have an exit strategy and be okay with the worst case scenario. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for, or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Matt Garabedian. How you doing, Matt? Hi, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well. And boy, am I excited to talk to you because, well, Matt did over $1 million in profit last year. He is the owner of Royal Realty, a full-service real estate brokerage and full-service property management division. He's a wholesaler and flipper and creator of Matt Buys Houses Cash. He's based in Fresno, California. With that being said, Matt, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Sure. Thank you. Yes. Been in real estate since 2009. 
And kind of a funny story, I remember getting into the business. This was right after the markets had essentially crashed and the values were depressed and there was foreclosures everywhere. And I remember I was excited to get into the business, but a couple people just in discussing it with them were asking me, they were saying, Matt, why the heck would you be getting into real estate right now? Everyone's making a mass exodus out of the industry and out of the business. I mean, who's going to buy real estate? And so it kind of hit me by surprise. I was thinking, you know, am I making a bad decision here? And at the time, I couldn't really afford to make any bad decisions because I was pretty much broke, but just kind of really focused on getting into the business. And I trusted my instincts and I really felt that this is where I belonged. And I got into the business on the traditional side as a, as a regular broker and quickly figured out that driving around and showing people houses and talking about neighborhoods really wasn't my cup of tea, if you will. So I started looking into selling properties to investors where you look at apartment complexes and I enjoyed putting together a net operating income and talking about cash on cash return and cap rates. And I enjoyed those conversations more because the guys were focused on bottom line as opposed to a neighborhood or the layout of a kitchen or something aesthetic. And I really enjoyed that and did that a few times in terms of selling some good deals on apartment complexes. And But I started asking myself, how do I get on the other side of the closing table, if you will? The guys that I were selling properties to were buying these deals cash. And I asked myself, can I ever get to their side of the table where I was buying property. And in my market at the time, I was selling properties that were a good size deal with maybe $600,000. And I wasn't selling those consistently. So the average one was two to 250,000. And although those are pretty decent commission checks, when you start reverse engineering it, I would have to do like a hundred escrows a year to save some money to be able to be in a position, to be able to be in that position to buy a property. So I started researching other options and we've all come across videos and guys like a Preston Ely or uh, these other guru guys, if you will. And, and I started researching wholesaling. And at that time that led me to a fortune builder and it's kind of ironic, but those guys were all originally from Fresno as well. And I think they had just moved back from Connecticut to the San Diego market and just started launching their Fortune Builders Mastery Program. And I got on the phone with one of the sales reps over there and they're telling me about how they could teach me all of these practices and principles of how to become a wholesaler. But the cash flow was going to be $12,000. And I didn't really have $12,000 to spend on any more education. And I went home to my wife after really getting excited about it. And I said, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for me to learn about another strategy where I could make some good money and, and possibly be able to get into the investing side of the business. And she said, well, why do you need to spend money? You're already a broker. You, you kind of know how to do deals. And I said, yeah, but this is different. I, I've never heard about this strategy before. And I see guys posting these enormous checks and I've got all this real estate knowledge, but I'm just getting commissions. So I kind of got her blessing in a sense and I scraped and scratched some money together. I bought into the mastery program. And to be honest with you, I mean, it was really great content, but I never really immersed myself in it because I kind of went back to the, let me get comfortable 
just making my commissions. And I didn't pursue that and dive wholeheartedly into the wholesaling side until about 2012, where I remember this like it was yesterday. I was just up late at night, just kind of pounding my head against the wall again and really wanting to get into something that was going to create a future for me. And just looking online again and seeing guys that are, again, posting these big checks and having success, I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And went out, did my first direct mail campaign. I think I sent out like 300 letters, got a call from a guy. And again, probably wouldn't recommend this advice now, but (laughs) I remember someone telling me, if you're comfortable with the offer you're making, it's too much. So I remember sitting in front of this house. I really had no idea what I was going to offer the seller, but I kind of forced myself to make such a ridiculously low offer that I was uncomfortable telling him (laughs) what I was going to pay. And I had to work up this courage to give the offer. And I think I ended up offering this guy $18,000 for his house. And I kind of felt that the property is worth fixed up maybe $60,000. And so I worked up the courage to give him the offer. And he told me, well, that's not going to work, but how about we do $24,000? And then I was so excited just to get a counter. I said, okay. And I wrote up the deal, got it under contract. And then I asked myself, boy, now what do I do with this? Because I didn't really have the cash buyer for that particular property type, or I didn't know who would be interested in buying it. So what I did was, because I was a broker, I had access to the MLS and I kind of researched the neighborhood and I found a couple comparable properties that had sold recently and looked on the data and it showed that it was a cash transaction. And I couldn't find the actual buyer of the property. They just had the tax record, just showed the address, but I had the phone number to the agent that sold the deal. So I called the agent and I said, hey, I noticed that you sold the property in the area recently. I have a house right down the street. Do you think that this particular buyer would be interested in another one? And he said, what do you got? And knowing that I had the property under contract for much lower than what the comps were, I kind of just shot for the moon. And I said, well, you know, I could sell this property for $52,000. And I remember he told me, he said, don't tell anybody about this property. We'll have the money in escrow in a week. (laughs) I said, oh my God, like one call, one kill, you know, it was like a one shot, one kill deal. I said, this is too good to be true. This is not going to really happen. Happens every time, doesn't it? (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) So I remember stressing, I was sweating bullets. I was like, is this guy going to show up with the money in escrow? And is the seller going to actually show up to the title company and sign the deed? So I'm calling my title rep. They're supposed to be here at two o'clock and let me know if they show up and So I remember about 2.30, she emailed me, seller came in, signed the deed. I said, did he ask about any of the profit I was making? She's like, no, nothing came up. And I learned that in my area, the title companies send out two different closing statements, one for the seller and one for the buyer. So the buyer is the one that really sees the assignment fee on there. And the buyer was due to bring in the money the next day. And Sure enough, he came in and funded it. And I ended up making something like $24,000 on that first deal. And I never looked back. I said, wow, this is amazing. I never thought that I could get this type of deal done. That was late 2012. And I've been grinding at the business ever since. And you had mentioned we just finished our 2016 year. as just so blessed and 
profitable and excited and I'm giddy. I love the business. On that first deal, also, were you asking if the buyer had mentioned anything about the assignment fee that you were making and how concerned were you about that? Oh my goodness. I was stressed. You know, I had heard people that would walk away from a closing if they saw what you were going to make. And I had heard advice from people online. If you were making more than 10 or 15,000 just to close escrow and resell it, I didn't have the money to close anyway. So I just figured, Hey, I'm going to give it a shot. But I quickly figured out after that transaction and several more that if you were delivering value to the buyer, then it really didn't matter what I was making because if I was making 200 bucks or $20,000, if it was a good deal for them and they had no opportunity to acquire it, then it's a good deal for them and they're happy. Do you still use the tactic of reaching out to cash buyers in the area where the house is that you have under contract to find your buyer? I still will do that from time to time, but over the years, I've been able to develop some great relationships with cash buyers. I hear a lot of people saying, go out and build your cash buyers list and get 500 names. And I did that, but I think the honest truth is most of us do our deals with two or three guys. At least for me, I've got a huge cash buyers list, but I'm consistently selling my deals to two or three investors that I have. I mean, they're friends. Now we go to lunch and I tell them, here's what I got. What do you think? And here are the numbers. And we usually do deals over lunch. Or sometimes I'll just send a text message and say, hey, I got this deal. What do you think? When I send some pictures, yeah, we'll take it. So it's gotten to the point where I've got relationships now so I can make these deals happen pretty easily. How much negotiating goes back and forth between you and them when you send them an opportunity? Well, sometimes we negotiate, but for the most part, if I have a guy that, for instance, I've sold six deals this month already, and they all went to one guy, and we'll go and look at each deal, and if I can help him out because he's buying volume for me, I'll take three, four, five thousand dollars off of a deal just so that he feels like he's getting value for me. And I like to do that because it's much easier for me to sell them to a guy that I know, A, he's going to close. B, he's going to show up and get the paperwork signed. I'm not going to stress about him bailing on the deal or having his money fall through or have a change of heart or trade price with me at the last minute. So I rarely have to renegotiate once we strike a deal because I do a very good job up front doing my due diligence. I understand my comps. I understand my ARVs. I've split properties. I'm a property manager. So I'm a landlord. So I've been on all sides of the table, if you will. And so I could kind of put together a realistic rehab budget that's pretty on point. So when I present a deal, it's it's pretty accurate as to how it's going to go down. So I don't really have to trade price too much. How did you meet the person who's bought the six deals this month from you? Well, this particular company, it's two guys that run the company. And one of them I've known since I was 16 years old, we actually played baseball on like traveling teams together. So I had a relationship with him from back when we were young guys. And he got into the real estate business a little bit before me. 
And in my area in Fresno, we're a big agricultural farming community. So he does a really great job at selling ag land and he's developed relationships on that side of the business. So I've always known him and for the fact that he was in real estate and A few years ago, I found out that they were buying properties to buy as rentals or to flip. And so it was kind of an easy partnership, if you will, because we had some history and known each other. But other guys that I didn't have a relationship with before, it's a matter of just picking up the phone and introducing yourself and telling guys, hey, I've got deals. I'm interested to know if you'd like to hear about them. And it's really as simple as that. I think money follows a deal. So if you can concentrate on acquiring good deals, I think the money part usually will just will be attracted to that. And just to hone in on that a little bit, you said you have two to three people who buy the majority of your deals. We just heard how you met that one individual since you were 16 years old. Let's just think of the next person who's bought the most amount of deals from you. What was the original meeting place for how you got introduced to that person? Well, I do some my research. So I'll find guys that are what I call professional investors. So these are guys that are buying property on almost a daily or weekly basis. And when you start to see repetition in the same LLC or the same entity buying properties, you know that they're in the business and they're professional in how they go about their business. So I've done a couple things. One thing I've done is I've actually showed up to the auction and I would go up and introduce myself to that particular person and say, Hey, you know, I'm a wholesaler in the area. I come across great deals. I know you're at the auction consistently. You know, here's my business card. Can we have a cup of coffee? Another one would be just sending a letter and introducing myself and saying, can we meet up and talk? And I like meeting face to face and, and getting to know people and explain what it is that I do, what kind of value I can bring to them. And it's just a natural relationship at that point, because you know that they're looking for deals and I'm looking to sell deals. So it's not a hard relationship to establish if you're truly bringing value to the table. If you had no buyers at this point and you have a deal, what would be the number one way that you would go find your buyer? I would go straight to the auctions. You know that A, these guys are cash buyers. B, they're actively looking for property because they're standing at the courthouse steps every day fighting over a few deals that end up going to a third party. And they're amongst competition. So if I had a deal under contract, I think that's just the natural way to go direct to a buyer. You can pull courthouse auction. For my area, I use property radar. And Property Radar will give you the actual location and time of the auction date. So you could get there 20, 30 minutes prior to the auction starting and just go up and introduce yourself and pass out cards. Or I'll do like a one-page brochure of the potential benefit to the buyer. Hey, I got property on 123 Main Street. Here's the ARV. I'm selling it for this. The rehab is this. Give me a call. I think that's an excellent way to, to get in front of a cash buyer right away. You started out by doing direct mail. Is that the number one way you're getting these deals or is there something else? Yeah, direct mail is my bread and butter. Absolutely. I do get deals from my online marketing, but I would definitely say direct mail is the go-to source for me. 
for someone who's looking to go from good to great in deal flow via direct mail, what would you tell him or her? Know your KPIs. That took me a while to understand that. It's never advisable just to throw money out the window without being able to track your response rate. You need to be able to track inbound calls, appointments, contracts, and closings. Those are the main KPIs that I track. And it all starts with having a proper CRM. I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars to develop my CRM. We use Podio. It's a custom Podio. And I've integrated CallRail and other sources to be able to properly track. So I could split test my direct mail now and see based on what type of mail piece I'm using. Say, for instance, if I'm using one mail piece to an absentee owner, I'll split test it with even the color of the letter or the postcard to see what's getting the best response rate. So I think if you could dial in A, your CRM, and B, your KPIs, which are both equally important, I think that's going to be a huge advantage to anybody out there that is competing against other investors or wholesalers or other investors in the area because you're able to look at your KPIs and say, well, I sent out X amount of letters to this mail type and I sent X amount of letters to split test sample B and sample B for whatever reason is returning much more. So I'm going to focus on that and maybe look at what I could tweak on sample A to get a better response rate. And for anyone not familiar with KPI, key performance indicator, and Matt just went through what he looks for with those, what indicators he looks for. Last question, then I'm going to ask you the money question. But the last question is, what type of direct mail piece have you found is most effective? I mean, you said you do split tests for colors of the card or the letter and all sorts of things. So what's your bread and butter direct mail piece look like? Well, that is a little proprietary, but I use three or four different direct mail pieces. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned about a direct mail piece is it's meant to extract the potential caller, if you will. I never want to buy a piece of property over the phone and I never try to buy a piece of property on my message on my direct mail. I want that person to be intrigued enough to call me. and. I think that is where I've been able to separate myself because if you look at a typical yellow letter, if you will, it's, hey, my name is Matt. I'm looking to buy properties cash. I buy it as is. I'll close within 10 days. Call me. And those are a dime a dozen because Mm -hmm. then anyone can send those out. But if you can kind of tweak your message and have that person pick up the phone because they're intrigued, then I think you're putting a leg up against the competition because I'm sure I've got competitors in my area that are sending the typical yellow letter or postcard that the yellow letter is is not as effective as it was five years ago. I think it's kind of played out now. And so if you can tweak your message on your direct mail piece, then it's going to stand out from your competition. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice would be to be aggressive, but always have an exit strategy and be okay with the worst case scenario. So if you analyze the deal and you assume that all hell was going to break loose and and the numbers were going to go the opposite way of what you hoped 
and anticipated you're still okay with the deal and you have an exit strategy once you figure out how you're going to go about your disposition. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Finally, your funding problem is 100% solved at CIX.com. At CIX.com, private lenders compete to fund deals. CIX facilitates over half a billion in loans for real estate investors weekly. Get funded and download your free funding kit at CIX.com. Best ever book you've read? Two of them, Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker and The One Thing by Gary Keller. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Getting a mentor. I like to call it leveling up. So I have a mentor and we're a part of a mastermind group from very successful real estate investors all across the country. And what I learned from that is you never want to be the smartest or most successful guy in the room. When I became a part of this particular group, I was amazed by the amount of golden nuggets and knowledge that I was able to take from very successful people. And I recommend anybody out there that's looking to level up get around guys that are doing better than you because it's going to help and force you to stretch, to push yourself, to dream bigger, to have bigger goals, to expand your business. And it's awesome to have that type of accountability for guys that are in the same industry. Can you mention which group you're in? Yeah, I'm in the group with a guy by the name of Mark Evans, DM. They call him the godfather of virtual wholesaling, but he's in the turnkey industry. So it's a private group. There's about 15 guys in the group now, but definitely would recommend anyone to explore that if they're looking for a mentor. Mark is one of the best in the game. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I did was a 17-unit apartment complex. I did the deal subject to, so the scenario was the owner was an absentee landlord. They were in NOD and they were basically on their way to losing the property. So I was able to structure the deal subject to the existing loan. And it was one of those deals where everything lined up perfectly. The mortgage balance was 50% below market. The interest rate was excellent. And they were motivated. They were over 120 days delinquent. And I was able to provide a win-win scenario by paying their mortgage currents, paying their taxes currents, and then giving them some cash to do the deal. So it worked out that we acquired the property for just under 560000 Total cash out of pocket was $25,000. And total rehab was about 100000 And after about 14 months, we sold the property for just over a million dollars. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. What is the best ever way you like to give back? I love to give back to my family. Uh, I grew up in a middle-class family. Our, my parents did 
the most that they could do for us, but we certainly were never in a position to get ahead or, or to invest in real estate or to put money away. It was kind of a paycheck to paycheck deal. My mom's the hardest working person I've ever met. She's worked every day in her life and never complained about it once. So last summer, I called her up. It was actually on the 4th of July. And my mom always drove kind of like a beater, <laughs> if you will. She had this Ford Taurus and it was always breaking down on her. I never liked the fact that it was just like an unreliable car for her. And I got two little boys, so I wanted her to have something that she could take the grandchildren around and take them out or whatever they wanted to do. So I just called her up and I said, yeah, I'm going to come pick you up. And I drove her over to the Honda dealership in town. And I said, Mom, I just want to let you know that I appreciate everything you did for me. And I want to buy you a car. So whatever you want, please pick it out. And for me, it was a blessing to be able to do that for my mom. Because at that point, her whole face lit up. And she couldn't fathom the idea of being able to go and pick out any car and not have to worry about the price or the payment. So that for me was just a total enjoyable experience. And so my big why in, in this business to take care of my family and set up a generational opportunity for my kids. And that for me is why we get up every day and do this business. What's the biggest mistake you've made on a deal? Biggest mistake I've ever made on a deal. Um, to be honest with you, I've, I've never lost money on a deal. Thank goodness. And I thought about this question and I think the biggest thing that I've made, uh, biggest mistake I made earlier in my career was not understanding my value that I was bringing. So I would tend to give away a lot in the deal just to kind of please the other person or prove my worth to others. And I think now that as I have gotten more entrenched in my business and learn more of the value that I bring, I'm a little bit more app to negotiate and make it a two-way street, if you will. I try to provide value at all times to my clients, but I never want to give away too much. How many people do you have employed with your company? Right now, I've got three. So I've got acquisitions, dispositions, and marketing. And now I'm looking to hire a CFO. What is the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? The best place would be I'm on Instagram at Phenom. Uh, that's P-H-E-N-O-M investor, Phenom investor. I constantly update stuff that I've got going on on my Instagram account. They can email me at matt at phenominvestor.com. And your website is just in case they want to check that out. I've got several, but you can find me on fastcashcloser.com. Perfect. Well, Matt, thank you for being on the show. I really enjoyed your story that you talked about and you told us as you were starting out and your aha moment and then how you were able to get the cash buyer by looking at who bought a property, who was buying a property in that area and got the deal done. And then how with your direct mail, you want the person to be intrigued enough to call you. That's an interesting differentiation. And then also having the approach of if you, for whatever reason, lost all of your buyers, then the next thing you would do would be go straight to the auction and find the buyer for your wholesale deal, assuming you had a deal. So thanks so much for being on the show. Lots of really good insight. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for inviting me, Joe. I really appreciate being on the show as well. And I really enjoy listening to your show. It's really well put together. Finally, your funding problem is 100% solved at CIX.com. At CIX.com, private lenders compete to fund deals. CIX facilitates over half a billion in loans for real estate investors weekly. Get funded and download your free funding kit at CIX.com.